Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And uh, it's time for the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan. Uh, you know, I just uh, dropped my daughter May off at college, the dorm. Uh, and uh, there's a female janitor there. The female janitor asked if I uh, wanted to smoke some weed with her. And I said, no, I can't hang with a high-maintenance woman. Thank you very much. Bye. High-maintenance woman. Yeah. Got a high-maintenance woman. Got a high-maintenance woman. Uh, thanks to Duff, another classic. Uh, go check him out this fall when the Tenderness Tour comes back to the States starting September 25th. Duff and the band are in Europe right now, actually in the UK, played London uh, last night. DuffOnline.com has all the dates and ticket info for this amazing intimate experience with Duff and Shooter Jennings as they play tunes from uh, his tenderness record. And Duff, great guy. Uh, So much fun to talk to him and so much fun to talk to all of you uh, as we get ready for All Out uh, tomorrow night in Chicago and all elite wrestling.com has all the details on how you can watch hangman page versus Chris Jericho to decide who the first ever, uh, AEW champion is going to be. Don't forget. You can stream it on the BR live app. You can watch it on traditional pay-per-view. The show starts at 8 PM Eastern. And you can see that my guest today, Brandy Rhodes, uh, you can see her in the women's casino battle Royale match. And the winner of that will get a shot at the inaugural women's championship title. Once again, I'm taking on hangman page for the AEW world championship. Kenny Omega versus Pac, the young bucks versus the, the Hermanos de Lucha, the Lucha brothers in a ladder match. Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears and so much more. Uh, but like I said, Brandy is in the Casino uh, Royale Battle Royal match. And Brandy's also on Talk is Jericho this week. She's not just an AEW performer. She's also the chief Brandy officer. And she's heading up the women's division with Kenny Omega. So she's uh, organizing it, booking it, hiring all of the talent. You'll hear all about her journey to AEW and what she hopes to accomplish with her various roles in the company. Brandy's also talking about her time at the WWE, why she left there twice, the advice she got from her father-in-law, Dusty Rhodes, what it was like working with Cody at New Japan and how they were both introduced to Tony Khan 
AEW's founder and president. Brandy Rhodes is on Talk is Jericho, but before that, we're going to play the brand new Fozzie song. It's called Nowhere to Run, available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google. Uh, you'll be hearing it on Octane. You'll be hearing it on radio stations all across the country. It's the brand new Fozzie tune. Check it out right here, right now. Nowhere to Run.
All right, let me know what you think. Hit me up on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. And uh, in the meantime, in the between time, here we go. Uh, once we uh, get over the Fozzy buzz, we're going straight into Brandy Rhodes on Talk is Jericho. Okay, so we're here uh, in Jacksonville, this really cool theater daily place. And with the chief brandy officer, Brandy Rhodes. Now, first of all, what is a chief branding officer, brandy <laughs> officer? Explain exactly what that is. So I think a lot of people get really frustrated with the title chief brand officer because it's a newer position in business in general. Right. So every chief brand officer has a job catered to by the company that they're with. So some chief brand officers are super marketing based. Some are super PR based. I'm just kind of a little bit of both. And that's because Tony's given me the freedom to kind of put myself where I feel like I need to be. Um, a lot of times that's way more on the PR side because we do have a chief marketing officer and that's Dana Massey. Mm -hmm. So, um, I work a lot with our PR team. Um, I do a lot of partnerships. I am still on the marketing end on things. So a lot of final finals go by me. But um, my main focus is just kind of everything related to our brand, getting out there, what it looks like, what it sounds like, who we're talking to, who we're working with, all that kind of it's stuff. It's amazing because like we talk about kind of how this company started and we're only on our third show technically. Yeah. But you had this real amazing collection of talent whose contracts or lack of contracts or desire to do something different all came together at the same time, combined with Tony wanting to get started and the financial backing that he provides, combining that with the television, with TNT. And I think people, and I know at first, not that I didn't think about it, but you're kind of like one of the unsung pieces of the puzzle, so to speak. <laughs> Because before, obviously, we can talk about it later, you were in WWE and you, you wrestled a bit and you were ring announcer for a while and then you left. And then, but you're also very educated as well because I was a bikini model and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> but for you to take on this position, it's not a far stretch for you because this is kind of what you did do or, or have been doing since you left. How did, the, how did you end up in this, in this role? Right. Well, so I've always been kind of a jack of many trades and I call myself a, just a forever student, if I could be, I'd, I'd still be in school trying to get, you know, a, a doctorate and something I'd have no business having it in. <laughs> but, um, but I, I just have always liked to study. So, um, like you said, you know, I've got some accolades in the academic world and, um, in the world that I was in, I actually did encounter a lot of what this job entails because, um, media is a huge part of PR. And a lot of times if you start off in media, you transfer to PR which I guess a lot of people don't know that a lot of times news anchors and reporters and all that stuff, they end up in, in their big long-term job, their PR representatives. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because a lot of that is connections. A lot of that is knowing what the stories are, what you're looking for, what type of people you need to talk to. So I had about five years of building for that without even knowing it, which is great. And then what I, were you, what were you doing after you left WWE? Um, so, well, this is before I got to WWE. Gotcha. Before I got to WWE, uh, I was a news reporter and anchor. No um, yeah, Where? yeah. I did it in, in Flint, Michigan, which oh. is one of the roughest markets yeah. to ever be in. Um, Home of the Machine Shop. It's a great concert <laughs> venue. We play there all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I remember. So I, I flirted with news for a while. I did it for a bit and then I got away from it and then I did it for a bit and then I got away from it and then ultimately I ended up in wrestling. But one of the... Uh, key turning point moments in my news life where I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Riding with, because um, 
in Michigan, the crews are really small. It's not like super like Chicago or L.A. Mm -hmm. where it's you sit in the studio and it's air conditioned all day. You're walking around in snow, carrying your own equipment. Um, You usually just have one person with you uh, for camera and they're driving. And uh, me and the camera guy drive into this neighborhood and we're supposed to be investigating some shooting, something, whatever happened. And uh, it's a rough looking neighborhood already. And it's summer. So we've got like the windows down. And as we're driving in the neighborhood, we're looking for this house address and we're just creeping along slowly. All of a sudden, we hear some guy yell out of his window. He goes, hey. And uh, we stop and we look. And he says to me, he said, bitch, you better get out of here or we're going to kill you. And I told him, drive, get get out, <laughs> get out of here. And that was when I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm making like minimum wage. And I'm putting my life on the line, going in just cold into these environments where I could literally somebody right. could kill me. So, it's a rough town yeah yeah right. and it, it can be a rough job like yeah, that so yeah. that was one of the times where i was like i quit and then i got <laughs> back into it and i was like okay i'll do this again but i'm only anchoring mm-hmm. i don't want to go in the field and uh then the wwe opportunity came during that time so how did that come about so random so i was still um modeling on the side at the time and uh wwe reached out to the agency i was working with and um they had said hey we like you know the looks of these girls. Are any of them athletic? And I used to figure skate. So uh, my agent said, yeah, she's figure skated for 17 years. She she could be good. So they said, cool. Ask her if she wants to try out. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> were you? Did you watch wrestling at all? Or had you watched it at all? So when I was a kid, I watched wrestling. My brother was a huge fan. So we would watch wrestling Where'd every you grow weekend. Up? Uh, Michigan, Detroit. Okay, Detroit. So gotcha. yeah. Yeah, so we loved it. Yeah. yeah. And um I stopped when he stopped watching because he, you know, grew up and kind of, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Then uh, the next encounter that I had with wrestling, I was at uh, Michigan and uh, taking a women's studies course. So you should probably know where this is going to go. <laughs> um, they put clips up of, you know, the famous clip with Trish on her knees barking the like dog, a dog. Yeah. And they'll never live that was, one down. Yeah. yeah. It, it Unfortunately, it just in that sense, in that class, it was very heavily frowned upon. So I just had it in my head that this is what wrestling was now. Like that's all mm-hmm. it went from, you know, Andre and Hogan to that. And I'm not interested in that. And uh, so when my agent reached out, I was like, Hey, I don't think that's for me. I don't, I don't see myself barking like no dog. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I think you should watch it. It's much different now. It's actually has a PG 13 rating. And I said, okay, I'll take a peek. I watched a couple episodes and I was like, okay, this is actually fun. This is cool. I like this. And then they invited me to come to Survivor Series in Miami at American Airlines. And uh, I remember the two clearest things I remember from this is one, seeing Cody backstage, because from the few episodes I had watched, I was like, man, that guy's really handsome. (laughs) And then I saw him and I was like, ah, he's really handsome in person too. Cool. Uh, And then Ray Mysterio popping out of the stage and he was dressed like Captain America, I think at that one. (laughs) And the crowd went crazy. Everybody was going insane. And I was like, I love this. I have to be a part of this. The best of both worlds on your first (laughs) night. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, uh, shortly after that, I signed a contract and then moved to Tampa. And See, it's interesting because you're kind of one of the the, fi- the last of the Mohicans of the of the models were, that were brought in. Yeah. To train to wrestle. Yeah. And most of them that actually tried did fairly good. Yeah. Obviously, it's a different world now. Right. But it's interesting to me that you started in that aspect and here you are now wrestling having this huge role in the company itself. You, you really are a jack of all trades. Yeah, right? <laughs> I guess so, right? Yeah. 
Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So when you started uh, when you started training, did you uh, take to it quickly? Was it harder than you thought? Um, I think everything about wrestling is harder than you think it is. Um, I think it was the the athletic portion of it that was easy, but understanding any of it mm-hmm. was very hard. And um, as soon as I started training, I got called up to the road to announce because no one knew when they hired me that I had this TV background. And um, I think there was just one random FCW show. There was no ring announcer. And I said, I'll do it. And they were like, really? No one ever wants to do this. I was like, oh, yeah, that's easy. No problem. And I did it. And then they were like, "Okay, she's okay at this. And uh, no one wants to do it. It's your job now. So I ended up traveling and then I would come back to train and I'd lost four days. So I've been on the road not doing this at all. And then I come back and then I'm like, God, I feel like I should be understanding this a little bit better. And I'm not. So then they ended up deciding, well, you know, if you're doing really well with this, we'll take you off. And you're just you're just going to full time do ring announcing because we don't want you to get hurt. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I said, OK. But then I'd always long to to do more. And I wish, you know, I always would think, well, what if I did get to fully train? How far would I have gotten? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'd be in this match tonight, mm-hmm. you know, instead of announcing it. So um, it's really cool to come, you know, full circle. Here I am now. What was your name in WWE? Eden. Eden. Eden Styles. <laughs> Whose idea was that? <laughs> I Carol. feel that they just take like like 50 names, <laughs> throw them in a hat, just pull them out. Eden Styles, you know? Yeah. Everybody has such a weird name. And Judas all the last Draven. names get recycled, mm-hmm. you know, like. There Stop. was a Joey Styles. Now there's an AJ Styles. That's like right. we don't know any other na- last names, but Styles. Like, <laughs> so, so you never actually wrestled in in WWE. No, nope. Um, I think I did maybe like two FCW matches, gotcha. and that's it. Yeah. Never. So, what led to to leaving the company when Cody left? Um. So, well. I left twice. Oh. Um, I'm real popular there. <laughs> um, so well, the first time I left uh, really was because I did get the absolute, absolute, you're only going to ring announce. We're mm. not going to change that. You're not going to wrestle. We're not going anywhere else with this. Right. And um, at the time I had had, you know, Cody and I had started dating and actually we were engaged and he had said, uh, you know, what do you want to do here? Is this, is this working for you or not. And I said, you know, I don't think it is because I don't think this is what I thought I wanted to do. Maybe I'll go back into news because, you know, I love to flirt with news (laughs) over and over again. Um, So, you know, I said, but if this is the top of it for me in wrestling, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I'm going to bigger aspirations. Yeah. 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 I just didn't feel like I was going to be challenged and Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So I left, Uh, we got married. I got antsy. I'm seeing him, you know, he has this shield match, the big, you know, Rhodes Brothers versus the shield and everything is really going well for him and really cool. And I'm like, ah, what if I came back? Mm-hmm. So I started that trek and, you know, everyone's changed because back then Johnny was in charge. Right. John, John Lennon, yeah. yeah. And he had said, you can come back anytime you want. Well, now he's not, the, you know, yeah. in charge anymore. So now I've got to convince other people, hey, I need to come back. I want to do these things. So I uh, got back to NXT, started training. Um, started to kind of understand it because I'm there every day and starting to feel was like, Was Dusty okay. there? 
Yeah. So your father-in-law's yeah. helping yeah. you. Yeah. And he's, well, he was such a gossip. So he would always call me in his office and be like, what's the tea today? Tell me what's going on. Who's what's dating who? Who's talking? Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, he never knew what was going on, but he always thought he wanted yeah. to know everything. That's an interesting, uh, just as a quick segue here, how was it having Dusty Rose as your father-in-law? You're the o- one of the only people that can ever say that. Yeah, it was really fun. He always treated me like one of his daughters. Like he would say, this is my daughter. He wouldn't say this is my daughter-in-law. Gotcha. Um, so it, it was just, it felt like I needed to be there when I was there. And um, I think that without that, Dusty and I wouldn't have known each other very well. We wouldn't have had like a close bond at all because we lost him shortly thereafter. Mm. So I think that that to work time, with him and be yeah, there. Yeah, it was it was very valuable to me. Yeah. Was there any lessons that he taught you that you that you remember? <laughs> um, basically, to just keep doing what I want to do until I get my way, <laughs> which doesn't work nearly as quickly as you think it would, especially with Dusty telling you because he has all the confidence in the world mm-hmm. in you. He's Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll tell you and then you're like, gosh, three years later, here we are. What's going on? I'm mm. doing all the things I'm supposed to do here and I'm not getting anywhere. But then, you know, here's the epic payoff where I'm right where I want to be and uh, really happy with everything. And I feel like my work's paid off. See, it's amazing because it's the same thing that happened with Cody uh, and now with with Moxley, like you weren't happy because you knew you could do more. And I, I yeah. did I did it, too. It's one of the reasons why I'm here talking to you at AEW and not still in WWE. Not that it's a cut down to anybody, but I feel that I can do more. I always say to people that are debating changing whatever in their life. It's like if you, if you, especially leaving WWE to do something else, you're on the edge of a 50 story building and someone says you can fly. (laughs) Okay. But you have to take that one trust step. What if they're not telling the truth, but you take the step and suddenly you're flying and you're higher than you've ever been. It's just that one moment of taking the step is very hard to do. Yeah. So what was the final reason for you to leave the second time? So the second time, um, and the story's been told so many times, and like I feel like a broken record with it, but no one ever here on Talk is Jericho. Well, no, no one ever knows it, so I'm like, I'll, okay. I'll keep telling it. Um, so the reality of it, as beautiful as it sounds, that I followed Cody out, I ain't that good of a wife. Mm. I I was already leaving. With all respect, you don't have that vibe. You know, if it no, was working, I, you would have stayed. If if I was enjoying That's what it, I, mean, right, yes. I would have stayed. Yes, right. yes. Um, Renee stayed right, when Mox left. She, she's yeah. doing very well, and it makes sense for her. So I was already leaving. I had told Cody we'd had the conversation in the reverse as, are you going to be okay with me leaving? Because I was very unhappy. I was unhappy in the sense that I had been being told for a long time that I was going to get more and I wasn't getting it. And there was always an excuse. And then, you know, every time we were supposed to talk about contracts, something got in the way and we couldn't do it. And finally, I just realized there's no plans for me. There's mm. no plans. Um, you know, I had spoken about doing what I do with Cody now, being his manager. We had a lot of great people coming up um, as far as announcers go. I'd run my course as an announcer. Um, I was filming stuff weekly with Paul Heyman. He was helping, you know, try to create this character for me. And then it just, I think it was maybe one meeting with with one writer where it was just totally clear that this is just busy work for me. It's not going to happen. It's mm-hmm. not real. Why Why stay? Why be unhappy? Why be angry? Um, I'd rather go do something mm-hmm. else. So Cody had been fully on board with it. I think I had a month left on my contract. And I was literally just waiting it out because I didn't want to have any problems. I just wanted to, you know... When they set the meeting, just say, hey, guys, thank you so much. Um, It's just not for me anymore. And um, 
Cody beat me to the punch. <laughs> he had that real bad day where he was like, you know what? I, I don't want to go back. And I, I could feel it with him. And I said, you know, okay, I'm cool with it. Because mm. the way you're presenting it right now, I've never felt you to be more telling the truth. You're not like emotionally mm-hmm. making a bad decision. You're fully cognitive of what you're doing. So I said, okay. I said, well, then now what do I have to do? And uh, as soon as everything went out, you know, on the internet, uh, I got a text message from Michael Cole, who was my boss at the time. Right, he's in charge of the announcers. Yeah, and And he said, hey, uh, do you want to talk this week? And I was like, I'm very glad you asked, yes. So we had a very nice conversation that week where he said, well, we don't want this to affect you. We want to make you an offer. And I said, Michael, I appreciate it. But this is, I was already had one foot out the door. And I think he knew that, mm-hmm. you know, and he was kind of like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> did. So it was just an easy thing to, well, easy in the sense of walking out of the door and feeling okay with it, but not easy in the sense of getting from point A to point B. <laughs> and once you walk out the door, you're like, holy shit, I really did it. Yeah. And then we're sitting at our house in Texas going, what on earth are we going to do now? Neither <laughs> <laughs> one of us have jobs. Right, right. <laughs> Before, I want to talk about some of the stuff you mentioned, but you were a, a really good ring announcer. I, rem- I remember, <laughs> specifically remember. Uh, what What was your secret to, to, what's the secret to being a good announcer in your opinion? So honestly, what I used to do, which would make me happy with the job, is I would wait for the challenge because every week the ring announcer has a challenge of some sort. I mean, I think people know the scripts are coming out as we're sitting out there during the live shows. Right. Uh, we do not know what's happening in advance. And so the more in tune with everything you can be, I feel like the better you can deliver everything. So I don't need to know who's in this next match. If I'm good enough, it should be a fun challenge for me to hear the music and be ready to go know everything about everybody. And Is I, that I think, how it was sometimes? You wouldn't oh, let yeah. you hear music? Oh, my absolutely, all wow. the time. Also, there would be times, I mean, I had one time where <laughs> Undertaker was coming out and I've never announced Undertaker and I'm like, oh God, I got to do this like really good. <clears throat> but then yeah. they never called for the announcement. So then I was just standing in the ring <laughs> and Undertaker's getting in and I was like, I think I need to get out. Like, this is weird. <laughs> so yeah, there would be plenty of times where you Did just Did they say anything no to you afterwards? Like, why didn't you announce them or? Nope. Okay nothing yeah usually nothing but i think uh, i learned a lot of that from justin mm-hmm. roberts because he was just so on his toes all the time he was always paying attention and there are some ring announcers who you know don't pay as much attention or you know i guess are not as into the product as as some but justin was always very into it i think he genuinely wanted to see everything that was happening he was surprised or you know appalled or whatever was happening and you could gather that when he was making his announcements, which I thought that was really cool. So to really be successful in this business and have longevity, you got to go with the flow Yeah, and you got to be ready to (laughs) whatever happens, happens like this is changing. This is being added. This is being subtracted. And if you show any, if you sell it at all, yeah, it's a knock against you. Right. Yeah. 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 Like you said, you got to be ready. Really is. I think I made one mistake, one mistake announcing that uh, I'll admit to I actually made a lot of mistakes, but people just didn't catch they, them because they didn't catch them. Talking. It never happened. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that was one of my survival techniques, which is if you just keep talking, most of the time people aren't going to hear what you said. That was messed up. That's right. So I just kept going. Yeah. Um, but there was one time that it was a title match and I was announcing uh, Dolph Ziggler and um, Brody, which now I can't remember what Brody's name Brody is. Uh, is that uh, uh, Harper? Harper. Harper. Yeah. 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 And uh, I guess who, I re- who's the other one? Uh, Dolph. Dolph. Gotcha. I reversed their weights. And you know how Dolph is in the <laughs> ring. He looked at me like when I said that Brody weighed like 
uh, what did I say, 212 pounds? <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, oh my God, are you serious? And I was just like, please stop. <laughs> Dolph and we're all 280. smiling. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're going to have to redo that in the back. <laughs> but that was the one time I had to do it. That's not bad because I remember Lillian one, one time, uh, on a weekly basis, she would make a mistake. <laughs> and the one time she announced me from Winnetoba, Manitoba. Oh, wow. <laughs> Winnetoba. It's Winnipeg, Lillian. <laughs> Um, but like you said, if, if, if that's all on you, right? Yeah. You, you, yeah. you got the if mic. If you sell there. it, then yeah, people know you people messed know. up. <laughs> Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. When you guys left, it was interesting to me because I followed along when, when Cody left and when you left. Because it's a no-brainer, obviously, to have you guys together. And it worked so well. Especially New Japan is when I first saw the Tokyo Dome last year. I still remember the outfit you were wearing. I remember it was just this crazy, cool, amazing <laughs> outfit, great looking package, and you were involved in the match and doing all this cool stuff. I can't believe, and this might be just the attitude of WWE towards you guys. When Vince thinks of you at a certain level, you can't really escape. It's very hard. It's you guys were superstars the moment you left. It seemed. I think it's something that you just have to see, mm-hmm. and. Um, that was the problem I was doing. I was making the tapes and different things, but he couldn't see it out there together. Um, I think had he seen it once, right. he would have been like, like if you ah, guys, okay. If you guys hadn't come to AEW, if there was no AEW, you'd be back in WWE now as a team, as a <laughs> unit. You know what I mean? Or, or what, like, I think now he would have seen it if you wanted to. My point being like, you see it. How can you deny the chemistry, obviously, as a married couple, but also – some married couples don't have the same chemistry right? outside right. in front of the cameras, right? <laughs> exactly. But you guys were a great unit. It was it was amazing to see like right off the bat. It's like, oh, that's that's superstar right there. Superstar act. Thank you know what you I mean? Yeah. <laughs> did you enjoy that? Did it did it work well for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it took a, a little bit. I mean, we had a few indie runs of things where, you know, I said, OK, I'm just going to fully listen to what he wants to do. And uh, I don't full, really agree, but I'm just going to go with the flow. And then we'd do it. It'd be okay. And then after I'd say, hey, what would you have thought if I would have did this instead? And he'd go, oh, I wish you would have said that. That would have been cool. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I let that happen a couple times. And then finally, I think uh, maybe the first time that I really did put my foot down and say, this is actually what I'm doing, uh, was at our first Tokyo Dome when we were against Ibushi. Yeah, that, was um, my, that was my first yeah, one. Too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when he did that, that, dive um i part caught it but then i fell and pretended like you know i was dead from it Mm. and i said uh i want to be laughing when i turn over and cody was like well no no you're selling that you're 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 down i said just trust me i i feel like it just makes more sense for me to be laughing and that's the gif that lives forever is me turning over laughing because oh she's evil she did it on purpose trick on him yeah yeah yeah. so then i think that's kind of when he started to be like okay she kind of knows what she (laughs) we have some times where he'll be like just do this and i'll be like i don't do that well i don't want to do that i want to do this which is a sign of a professional if you don't do something well you don't do it you know that right because that's the thing like you've been in the business now gosh when did you sign 2010 2011 earlier 
It's been, oh yeah, probably 2011. It's been, yeah. you know, eight, nine years now at this yeah. point, right? So it's like, you're not some rookie behind the ear, uh, you know, greenhorn. Right, right. I always love the fact too, that for reasons of, of trademarks and, and WWE being WWE, how Cody cannot be Cody Rhodes. Don't say that, <laughs> but you can be Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. Well, how is that? So weird? How did that happen? So, uh, well, obviously when I entered WWE the first time, um, I was Brandy Reed. So Brandy, um, Reed. Okay. Brandy Reed became Eden Styles, gotcha. which I hated. And, but I never really said anything about it because <laughs> it's a soap know, opera name, right? As the world really turns, weird. Eden yeah. Styles. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, ah, okay, maybe when I come back um, and we're married now, maybe I can be, you know, because even I think uh, on the website when we got married and everything, they had done a, a big thing because this was after, you know, the firing of Cody for not beating Randy. Mm-hmm. They had done a big thing about Brandy Rhodes. So I said, okay. Maybe now we can just make that transition. No idea why, but they just didn't want to do it. You're Eden Styles again. And I was like, God dang it. I hate this name, you know, but I stuck with it, stuck with it. Um, when Dusty passed, I felt like the only thing that I wanted to do to feel like I've done what I should do is change my last name. They could keep Eden. That was fine. But I, I did say I really want to change my last name to Rhodes because I just feel like that's what needs to happen. I feel like that's missing. And I know he was OK with it because I had asked him in the first place. Yes, like, Dusty. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, are you OK with this? He said, yeah. And so there was chatter about it. And then ultimately the final decision came back to me where they said, no, we're not going to do this because we're doing the the Dusty Rhodes tag classic. And I was baffled. Like, okay. I don't know what that has to do with me. <laughs> Nothing. But then I thought, because this was at a time where everything was making me very mad at work. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? Don't get mad about this. Don't get upset because there's got to be a reason for it. Here we are today. I wouldn't have the name had I had I changed it. So because it, so. you never used Brandy Rhodes in WWE, it was never trademarked. Yep. So you can be Brandy so Rhodes. Brandy Rhodes, yeah. And because <laughs> Cody was Cody Rhodes in WWE, and even though it's his family's name, they had trademarked. Dusty Rhodes or yeah, Cody Rhodes? Yeah. Or? Both. That's yeah. so insane. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't That's it crazy? so insane. <laughs> but then you guys were smart enough to be Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it works. That's great stuff. <laughs> um, what was your, your, your journey to AEW? Like, when did you start hearing about it? And how did you feel about, I mean, obviously you didn't call up and go, oh, okay, I want to be the chief branding officer. Like, how did that even come to play? So... I started to hear this chatter about uh, Tony and different things that, you know, he was interested in. And, you know, I looked into Tony and I thought this this is probably the most solid person I've ever heard talking this way I about wrestling. Too. <laughs> yeah. But I was kind of like, there are a lot of people that want to do a lot of things in wrestling. And 99.9% of the time, it doesn't get to the starting point, you know, for whatever reason. So I just... Usually the biggest reason is money. Yeah. It's very expensive to start a company. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So I just kind of was like, yeah, I don't want to get too excited about this. I don't want to invest too much in this. I'm still going on about life as if this isn't happening. So, you know, still, you know, doing New Japan and doing, you know, the Ring of Honor stuff. You were wrestling now at this point as well, actually having matches and stuff. Yeah. 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 And actually, it wasn't too long after I had uh, broken my collarbone. So I was still like trying to decide, am I going to be able to still wrestle after this? Am I going to be okay? Did you break Um, it in the ring? Yeah. Yeah. I broke it in Japan. Um, I was on a stardom tour. I gave a girl a crossroads who didn't know what a crossroads was and said she just fell right on me and crushed Mm. my collarbone in two pieces. So that's a very (laughs) painful injury. It's a confusing one because most people will tell you, have you, have you had that? I haven't. 
I'm just guessing Thank from God. what I've seen. But yeah, <laughs> so like other girls that I know that have had it, our first instinct always is not that that's what's broken. It's always that something's out of place. Like mm. it feels like my shoulder popped out or something. I remember asking one of the girls, hey, can you pop my shoulder back in? And she was like, I don't want to touch you right now. You're so swollen. Um, but yeah, you, I just didn't know what, what on earth happened. I knew I was very uncomfortable and that I couldn't really use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when I got back to the States and got an x-ray, they were like, you need to be in surgery tomorrow. And I was right, like, right. good, good. That probably will feel a lot better than, than it does right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, you know, just we're going about life as usual. And uh, Tony actually was the one who reached out to me and said like, hey, we should meet we should talk because he had spoken to, you know, the Bucks and he had spoken to Cody. And I said, okay, great. You know, I, I love meeting people and talking to people and talking about wrestling. So, so let's do this. The most jarring thing about Tony is that he knows everything about everybody. He's so passionate about this. So when we sat down, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm, here's probably what we're going to talk about. I'm going to tell Tony that, um, you know, I'd love to wrestle for him if we go this way, but I have other values other than just wrestling and I'm going to tell him all this stuff. And he sits down and he says, okay, so here's the thing, Brandy, you know, I know everything about you. I know your background. I know that you graduated from this with that. And I know that you went to school here for this and that. And uh, I know that you (laughs) used to work here and do that. And actually your education is really good. And I I really see you in this role. And I was like, wow, (laughs) let me catch up on my own life here. (laughs) I was like, man, you really know everything. He's like, yeah, no, it's, it's, out there. It's public information. Mm. And he just, he already had, he told me, this is what I see for you. Um, you're really good with people. And he, he understands fully how that job transitions to me because he knew about my media background and he knew I had a marketing background and all of that stuff. And he's like, this is all stuff you know how to do. Mm. So I was like, great, great. I would like to accept that job if we get there. <laughs> right. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, he was always very much like you and Cody, you guys definitely stay together, whether you wrestle separate or not. Like, I definitely want you with Cody because you guys work As like act, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like this. He really, really mm-hmm. kind of understands. He what was saying all us. the things that you wanted WWE to say. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Which is really nice when it ends up playing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when did you know for sure that you guys were, were aboard? Oh, man. I think it came down to the day that we signed our contracts because I this is entertainment. Sure. Things go south all the time at the last minute. I mean, I can't tell you how many TV shows I was supposed to be on that I'm not on yeah. because we're doing the like uh, housewives of Atlanta or something like that. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did that. Show. Wags. Yeah. That's yeah. Was, yeah. And it was, it was interesting. Yeah. It's, it's not on the air anymore. And <laughs> gotcha. I'm glad about well, it. When did you sign though? Cause like for me, I remember the last time we were here was for the big press release announcement, yeah. which I think was January 4th, I think. No, was it was the, the Tokyo Dome. So maybe. Nope. Okay, so seventh, seventh. Eighth, I, I signed there. my yeah. deal like on the sixth. Okay, like, that's yeah. That's when I yeah. knew. Like, so you got to sign this so you can be at this place tomorrow. We signed our deal to the minute our other deal expired. So as soon as the deal expired, we signed the other deal. Was that like January the Tokyo Dome? Yes. Yeah. It, and it, the days are weird because we're in Tokyo, so we had to have it line up to in Tokyo time, what the time was <laughs> right. in the states to be. Midnight, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because right. the Bucks had the same thing. Yep, yep. Same exact. Which once again just shows that this was meant to be because everyone's deal ended at the same time. Yeah, isn't that the craziest thing? Unbelievable. In wrestling. <laughs> you know, because I, I always say like for, for a wrestling company, talent wise, all you need is six to eight top guys, right? And you can build around them and interchange those matches. Then you 
build up other guys. Right. Six to eight top guys. Bucks, there's two of them. There's Cody, there's Brandy, there's Jericho, Kenny, Hangman. There's your seven got it. <laughs> people right there that you can build a company around. You yeah, know? yeah. Which is which is just, like I said, it's just amazing to me that this is a real kismet type yeah. of situation. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Now, when you came in, because you're also very, very much involved in the, in the women's division here. Right. Was that something that you had planned from the start? I know it's you and Kenny. Kenny are right. quite involved, right? Yeah, yeah. That was something that I really wanted to be a part of because I feel like I've seen so many women, like really talented women, not get their shot for whatever reason or another. And uh, all the girls that we have now have some sort of similar story to that. And I just really felt like being in so many different locker rooms you need that female perspective there to speak for some of the women in senses that men just don't think about, mm-hmm. you know, just not on purpose. It's just we're different. Right. So I definitely wanted to be able to be a representative in that sense so that these girls could trust what they're getting into. They have somebody to talk to that's not a man if they need to. And so it's worked out really well. <laughs> Did you uh, have a lot of interactions with Stephanie McMahon? When you were working? Not a lot, no. Because it's essentially you're the Stephanie, you know, doing kind of similar, I mean, roles. It's, I think it's really cool that, 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 that you have a lot of that vibe to you that she has. It's a very confident woman who's in charge of all these different things. but still very, very nice, very cool. It's good. <laughs> it's a good way to be. You know <laughs> what I mean? You. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there's always natural parallels that are going to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're wrestling families. Yeah. We're the females in the wrestling families. Right. We're doing a lot of the behind the scenes work and a lot of the front and camera work. So you're always going to find some way to draw, you know, Brandy and Stephanie, Brandy and Stephanie. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Where, where are you finding like a lot of the girls? Because I know we have quite a few signed. We haven't even seen all of them yet. Because once again, I love how much of a brouhaha we're causing (laughs) after three shows. We haven't even had, you know, a TV show yet, but when that TV starts, our full roster is going to be all hands on deck. Right. So what was your kind of mindset and how, how involved is Kenny and how involved are you? Do you guys talk amongst yourselves? Does yeah. He, what's your plan for the division? So division wise, you know, Kenny is very passionate in the sense that I'm passionate on bringing fresh faces in that may not have gotten fair <clears throat> shakes or, you know, whatever. Right. Kenny is very passionate about people seeing Joshi talent. Yeah. Which is so, the Japanese women. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, I defer all of that to him because I can't even communicate right. with a lot of the talent. Um, they speak Japanese. I don't at all. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so a lot of times there's a lot of trust there in, okay, who's good for this? Who's going to want to do this? Um, and then with me, a lot of times it's the uh, a lot of independent girls that are in the States and even England and, you know, abroad. Um, I feel like there's just a lot of female talent that, has a passion that goes beyond just, oh, I just want to be able to say I did this. I, they want to do this and they want to make their mark. So this is the best setting for that, in my opinion. Um, it's a place where, you know, they're not, they're, they're assured that they're going to have something. 
Um, they're not just getting thrown in and then just, okay, well, maybe if we need you at some point, we'll mm-hmm. use you. We have a plan for everybody. There's nobody that's in the women's division that we don't have any idea what's going on with or what we would like to go on mm-hmm. with. So, um, How many, is there a dozen girls? Signed there's a dozen right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Are you looking to expand or you want to use the girls first and see where we go? I feel like right now, a lot of these girls are unknown or, or you've just seen them once or twice here or there. So it's important to get to know them. And then we see what happens with, you know, from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of, I mean, even myself, I, I've been in this business for a really long time. The match that we have tonight on this card, a lot of people are saying, you know, well, oh, this is kind of a, an interesting match to put on the main card. Well, Allie has been doing this for 12 years. And like you said, I've been around for about eight. I haven't been wrestling the whole time, but a lot of people know us. So let's just keep pushing to the people who don't know, you know, because they exist. You can't live in a bubble. You can't say, oh, because I was on Ring of Honor or she was on TNA or whatever. Everybody knows who we are. They don't. And that's okay. That's our job to mm-hmm. make sure that they do. You know, it's, it's it's interesting when you say that because we don't know you as a wrestler, you know what yeah. I mean? And, that, and, that's, and that's good to get to know you as a wrestler. And like you just mentioned, one of the things with 205 Live is they brought, for example, they brought, you know, 15 guys, cruiserweights, all out at the same time with sink or swim guys. Not a lot of opportunity to get to know who each guy is. There's right. too much at once. Same here with, with, with our women's division. If you have 12 girls and you're using them and bringing more in, we haven't even learned about these girls yet and you can't bring these ones in and we don't even know these girls yet. Like right. Especially the Joshis with the, with the names they have. Right. They're hard to remember. Like I know the one little, little girl with the blue hair. She's really fun. With the genie <laughs> pants. Yuka, yeah. Yeah, I don't know her name. Yeah. And I've been to Japan many times. But right. you're throwing too many out at once, but that's okay because now we're going to have a weekly chance to get to know exactly. these girls exactly. along with, you know, Penelope and 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 Dr. Britt and, and all the other girls that we have, you know, yeah. so that's, that's good. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about the, and you'll have to explain it to me because I, I forgot the name, but you, we did something that's never been done before with the sensory. Yeah, sensory inclusion. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we we are very lucky to be partnered with a company called Culture City. Um, what they do is they make events sensory inclusive or actually all kinds of venues. So, I mean, they're in 320 venues worldwide right now. They create sensory rooms where people can go if they're having any sort of problem, people who have um, autism, PTSD, um, people who have strokes, severe anxiety, um, anything that's a non-visible illness, you name it, they're equipped to deal with it. And they also go into these arenas and venues, zoos and museums and restaurants, whatever have you, and they um, train staff to know what to look for. A lot of times I'm... I, seen it a hundred times before I talked to uh, the, the founders about this and became, you know, came on board with them. Uh, I've seen it at meet and greets where a child appears to have a meltdown and it's just epic. And then people are going, well, the parents, what are the, you know, why aren't the parents doing anything? Because you don't know what's happening. There's something actually happening to that child. They're not just having a meltdown. They're freaking out and they need help, but nobody's equipped to help them. So that's what they do. They come in, they make sure that there's safe places for these people to go. Because of loud noises or something like loud this? Loud noises, um, even sometimes like the bright lights, the pyro, anything, even just the crowd Tons around. Of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything can trigger a reaction uh, to somebody who's suffering for something like this. And they look like me and you, so you don't know any different. 
I mean, adults, PTSD, you, you never know if a loud noise is going to go off and somebody is going to completely lose their composure. It's just something that happens to mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean these people shouldn't be able to come enjoy right, themselves. Come to the show, yeah. Because a lot of times they get kicked out. I mean, we I'm in a group chat with with the whole board of Culture City and we share stories all the time that we see in the news where, you know, something happened at a baseball game and people got uncomfortable and they kicked a family out and then they later learned all oh, the kid had autism. That's terrible, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Instead, they should have been, you know, taken to a room where they could get themselves together because that's really what's needed. And then they can go back and enjoy it. It doesn't mean that it's final. That's not the end if somebody has an episode. So what are we doing with, with this then? Like what, what? So they are coming with us to every event that they can. Um, so they're at Fight for the Fallen. Um, in this sense, there's no room here at Daly's Place. So they have a travel truck that they bring that'll be parked outside. And people, if any issue at all happens, the staff here knows what to do. They know where to take them. They go right to the truck. There's trained staff on the truck. They have everything they need to get back together, the entire family, and then go back to the event when everything is good and done. Or, you know, if they decide that they want to stay there for an hour, they can stay in there for an hour. Nobody's going to tell get, them what to do. You kind of regain your composure if, right. if you get freaked out right. or something. So a lot of times um, they have these sensory kits that are helpful. So People's it like headphones or something? Or headphones it, yeah. to help kind of bring things back down. They can dim the lighting and make it really calm and soothing. It's the noise is gone inside these rooms. They have activities, things that they can do, fidget toys, just things to decompress and kind of calm down and get them out of that environment. And then to a point where they're back to normal. Right. It's interesting. Like, how did you find out about this? So the great thing about the internet is people will just come right to you and they have great things. I mean, there, there's a lot of bad on the internet. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good too. And um, Julian- Especially when you start the company because everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Hey, can you do this? Can exactly, do this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but Julian Maha, he's a founder. He's a lifelong wrestling fan. Uh, and so when he found out that we were doing this, he reached out. He's actually friends with uh, Noel Foley. And um, through them, we got connected and just had a phone meeting. And as soon as, as soon as I talked to him, I knew this is a guy that we need to really like try to work with because this is something that's been missing in wrestling forever. I've seen these things happen. You know, I've seen blowups and things and people just staring and me even sitting there being like, did I do something wrong? Or is there mm. something that I should be doing right now? Because I feel like this isn't being handled or, <laughs> you know, right, right. And this just makes it so that people are comfortable. They know that they can be themselves. They can come to these events. If there is an emergency of any sort, they're going to be taken care of. They're not going to be looked at or treated like they're different. They're mm -hmm. going to just have their place to go and then be able to come right back. I read a story from Double or Nothing. Uh, a mom sent like a tweet to me or whatever. And she said that was the first time she brought her autistic son to the show. And in the line, just waiting to get in, he was starting to get antsy and kind of, you know, concerned about it because there were long lines for that show. And she said she was just so heartwarmed by the people just standing around. They were so calming. They tried to, you know, talk to her son and kind of get his mind off of things and talk to him about wrestling. And it, she said she felt like it was a family. And immediately, as soon as they got in, they were able to get their sensory bags and he enjoyed the show. Mm, it was wonderful. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is, so do people know, like our fans, do they know that this is available? How, how, yeah. have, you, how have you gotten the word out? I mean, social media. Once is, again, is hey, our, it's the way of the world, right? It's our yeah. main thing. Yeah. But uh, Culture City also has an app. So if this is something that's interesting to anybody, they can always download the app. The app is connected with every venue. So if you're having trouble on the app and you're saying like, hey, I, I don't know where to get a sensory bag. I need one. You can just type in, hey, I'm at this event. I need a sensory bag. 
it'll tell you where to go, you know, section D next to the popcorn stand or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll be able to get that. It'll tell you right where the truck is. It also has like a help feature. Whereas if you're just where you're at and you need help now, you can just hit the feature and someone from Culture City will come right to you. And this is something too, as the word gets out, the more shows we have, people are going to know it's just the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's is really there anything good. else like that that you're working on as far as interesting concepts uh, that, that we haven't heard of before? Yeah. So we, we are just in like kind of some baby stages on some other elements that are kind of similar to this for people who have certain disabilities. And um, it's really important to us to try to make everybody as comfortable as they can. It's almost hurtful to hear that somebody loves this and they can't enjoy it fully. Mm -hmm. So anything like that, you know, we're so open to wanting to make it comfortable and make it something that people who thought they could never enjoy this, that they actually can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm surprised that we haven't seen that before. You know, that's something yeah. that seems like, you know, like a, a WWE type thing. It's great that we kind of introducing this concept. Right. You know? Right. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. I want to talk a little bit about about what you what you said earlier. I, mean, I watched um, Road to wherever we are, Road to Fight to the Fall, yeah, or whatever. Here we are. <laughs> talking about being a figure skater for seventeen years, yeah. and I always like talking to people about stuff that I have no idea about. Yeah. Obviously, I watched the Tanya Harding movie. Did you see oh, that with Margot Robbie? Wonderful, amazing movie, so good. and just uh, seems like there's a lot of craziness in that world, kind of similar to this world because. Like I always say wrestling could be an Olympic sport. And here's yeah. the reason why it's an exhibition that somebody could judge just like figure skating, right. just like gymnastics. You know, you could have team America versus team and then whoever, and then team Canada, whoever puts on the best performance wins. Right. That's what figure skating is. So I'm sure there's a lot of politics involved. Oh God. Explain a little <laughs> bit about that world. Yeah. So figure skating is a crazy world. I, I got into figure skating when I was four years old, according to my mom who, you know, in a very Rhodes fashion can tell all kinds of stories. So we'll never know if this is real or not. <laughs> According to my mom, she said that we were watching the Olympics. I was four years old. I saw Debbie Thomas figure skating. Uh, she took the bronze that year. And uh, I said, I want to do what she's doing. She looks like me. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a lot for a four-year-old to say, but I'm sure that there was some, some truth sure. to that. So they took me to skating lessons and then I just never stopped. Um, Skating is just extremely competitive. It's extremely expensive. Like, it's, I think it is the most expensive sport, period. Why is that? Everything costs money. The minutes on the ice cost money. So you pay per minute for your ice time. Um, someone like me, who was at senior level, I skated eight hours a day. So that's a lot. That's not your coach, though. Your coach is per minute, too. So you're paying your coach per minute, which usually wow. is a dollar a minute. Um, so I would usually have an hour. Yeah, I would usually have an hour less than a day, sometimes maybe two. I had off ice in instructors and trainers, off ice uh, sessions that I would do, all that stuff you pay for. Uh, skates are super expensive. Skates, uh, I used to go to Canada, drive with my dad to Canada to get my skates done because they were a brand that was Canadian that only those worked for me. Mm -hmm. Nothing else would work. So we would have to go there 
Um, the boots are separate, so the boots would be probably about eight hundred dollars. The blades are like thirteen hundred, and they break down in six months. So every six months, you're getting new boots, new blades, skating dresses, costumes, say, yeah. five hundred to a thousand. You need a different one each season. Well, you need like four because you've got you know long and short program, and then if you make it to the final round, you have the final round long and short. You can't wear the same thing for. That was everything. great in the Tanya movie where she didn't have enough money for the nice gowns or the nice yeah. dresses, and they're like, you so look like a trailer park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that happened a lot. I mean, I remember my mom used to make some of my stuff until I got to a point where I was like, Mom, I can't keep wearing that. <laughs> like, I look terrible. <laughs> right, 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 right. So yeah, um, it's so expensive, and uh, I didn't even know. I mean, because my parents kept it from me until I was old enough to figure it out that they still may be in debt from, from some of my skating. They were throwing everything on the credit card wow. all the time and like competitions and meets, you're traveling, mm -hmm. you're paying for all that, you're paying for the coach too. So you better hope somebody else qualified so that you can share the cost. Otherwise you're paying fully for the, you know, the right. ticket and the hotel and their food and everything. So yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's also extremely political. I was the only black person skating ever. All the time. Interesting, yeah. I placed last. Are you most full? Are you full black or yes? Okay, because yeah. you're very light skinned. Yeah. You know well, I mean? so I'm I'm part Native American, okay. so that's kind of why I'm there red. You go. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Not a lot of black figure skaters. No. No. Any. Not at all. Any, yeah. Yeah. And in Michigan or my region, probably for like the first six, seven years, I placed last all the time. Never deserving to place last. Mm. Always last. I used to look um, when they were place the results and you know all the little girls gather around and wait for them to post it i became accustomed to starting at the bottom oh, because i was yeah. never oh. anywhere near the top and it was frustrating for me and my family and my mom we've talked a lot about my mom here yeah. poor thing but she she would get so frustrated with it and it would hurt her so much and it would be blatant sometimes too because as i got better you know i, I became undeniable in the sense that all right we can't put her last because she's the only person who didn't fall. So what are we going to do? So then you would see, you know, each judge, their name would be there and then their mark would be there, their placement. And so it would say, you know, Brandy, Reed, first place. Oh, yay. Awesome. So then you say judge one, first place, judge two, first place, judge three, ninth place, judge wow. four, first place. So you could tell, oh, that person just wasn't going to let it happen. Yeah. Like it just wasn't on their agenda. Yeah. Um, so you got to know which judges were like that. And my mom was like, one time it happened with this Mary judge and she was like, Mary, gonna... if you're listening, Mary, boo. <laughs> I, I did dance to the stars and I figured out right away because obviously it's all, it's all show business. So yeah. they know who they want to go further, who they think is going to draw the ratings, all this right. other thing. And I know that they had earmarked me for just the jobber, like, oh, he's a wrestling <laughs> guy, whatever. But I was really good at it because I'm a musician and I'm a wrestler. It's kind yeah. of what dancing is. And some weeks I would go up there and, dude, I would tear it up. Like yeah. it was the best dance of the night and I'd get 21. And then the guy who they're pushing or the girl they're pushing would get 29, 30. I'm like, that's, that's bullshit. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. Like I totally exactly. was better than that guy, but I was slotted at a certain area and they were not yeah. going to. Have no, it, you, you weren't know? gonna get over, it. and then Same they, thing, they right? blame it on like the votes at home. Oh, make sure you That's vote exactly. for your favorites. And I said, what's yeah. the percentage of votes to uh, to the judges' scores? Oh, we can't tell you that. <laughs> right? But it's the same idea. It seems like what you're saying. You yeah, know, the, the Mary. Yeah, they already get... knew. They already knew what they wanted. And you mentioned the I Tanya mo uh, movie. She has that moment where she says to the judge, "I'm doing everything right. 
what is it? You know, and he said, you just won't play the game, meaning you won't be that cookie cutter little princess that we mm. want you to be. And she was like, no, that's not who I am. It's not me. Right. But I'm the best. Yeah. I should. I How should does that affect best. my talent on the ice? Right. Yeah. Right. How, how far did you go with it? Um, so I reached senior level, which with what figure skating, it, it's really weird. Okay. Mm. So you can be senior level in certain regions and actually not be that good. You just have to pass a test. Fortunately, I passed the test, but I actually was good. <laughs> I just, I, well, it, it's a hard, it honestly is, is a hard test. Um, but some people can do it that, that can't do triples and stuff. You don't have, it may, it may have changed now because they've changed things a lot. But back then you didn't have to have one. Um, I did. So thank God. But <laughs> otherwise I could be one of these people who, you know, right. claiming to be all these things and I'm not. But um, I never was at an Olympic level. Never. That was always the goal. It became pretty clear to me when I was in high school that um, I wasn't going to be able to pick it up to that sense to definitely go to the Olympics. A lot of people at that point, when they get to high school, they decide to homeschool because you can spend more time at the rink and just focusing more on skating. And I just knew at that point, I was just like, I, I think that for me, the education is more valuable. So I'm going to go ahead and continue to do school. I only did half days because I got school credit for skating. Mm. But I, it just was important to me to to physically go to school and have sure. friends. Right. And, um, and then, you know, getting into Michigan, I had the full ride to Michigan. And I think a lot of that is because of the skating, because I was so disciplined and so on top of it and accomplished right. with it. I think that was attractive to them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you, you mentioned on the, um, was it the road to double, road to, Fight for the ball, right. yeah. That, that uh, it was really interesting, and I can tell it, it seems like it was a truth, is that you would you were expected to fail so many times that when you had the chance, you would just fail. Is yeah. That, I mean, was that kind of tell me that story? Yeah. That was very so interesting. I remember I would, I would scare myself out of doing well a lot because I would put so much pressure on it. And, you know, sports were different than – we as kids were expected to take a lot more. I think these days it's a little bit different, but you were able to be spoken to by your coaches a certain way. You were able mm -hmm. to be spoken to by your parents a certain way. And right. uh, I think a lot of that stuff really did affect me. I think my mom, you know, would, would tell me like, this is your chance. This is your shot. This is how you don't end up like me. You know how parents are. They think they're the worst in the world, yeah. but really my mom is great. She's right. been, right, 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 <laughs> you know, right. but she wanted so much more for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she would, you know, you're going to end up like this if you don't do that. And, uh, you know, coaches, you know, you're going to be the one, the one from this arena that's going to make it. You're, you you got all the shot in the world and they're scaring the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would lay in bed and think like, God, why do they want me so bad? Why? What's so wrong with me being like my mom? What's so wrong if I don't do this? Mm -hmm. I'm just not, I'm, I just don't care. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to and I'd be always in a bad mood every every time we get to the competition and everybody's, you know, trying to like light me up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just, you know, let's just yeah, get this done with. Yeah. Let's get it over with. And then I would mess up and then I would say, well, sorry, guys, maybe you mm. shouldn't have all your hopes on me because I'm not that good. You know, wow. you were you were going in there taking a fall, basically, you know. Yeah. I mean, I would always think about, too, there were, there were some competitors that I had were good friends of mine who seemed to just have fun. They seem to just love it and have fun. And they always did so well. And I was always like, why can't I have fun yeah, you were like having that? fun with it, yeah. Because I had all this other pressure and outside crap behind it. Their parents and coaches were just saying, oh, go have fun. Mine were saying, like, everything is riding on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, okay. Yeah. This isn't fun. <laughs> Do you ever skate now? 
No, you know, I actually just finally got rid of my skates. Mm. I was trekking them around. Cody and I have lived more places than any human being <laughs> I've ever heard of. But like, uh, I was trekking them around everywhere, everywhere. Finally, I decided to just dump the backpack. And then, of course, after that, Steve Yu, who creates yeah. the uh, Road 2 series, says, hey, let's get you on the ice with your skates. And I was like, Steve, I threw them away. And he was like, why on earth would you do that? <laughs> you go rent some other ones. Because it's hard to figure skate compared to hockey skates. Like, yeah. there's, there's like I put on figure skates. I've been skating since I was two. Yeah. I'll fall on my ass completely because it's a whole different the world. The edges are different. Yeah. The front end, the toes are different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> uh, as as uh, we wind down here, I just wanted to ask you, what is your uh, overall goal for AEW? What do you see happening over the next month, year, years? Yeah. Um, AEW is going to be what everybody wants it to be. And it's funny. It's similar. Uh that it has this stress on it, kind of like what we were just talking about with my story as a skater, as a kid. Everyone has these hopes and dreams for it, and they need it. The good news is it's going to happen. Everything's going to happen. We have this wonderful TV deal. We have these wonderful partnerships, and we all have this great goal, which is to bring the best wrestling that there is to everyone so that they feel fulfilled and they can watch these things and share with their families and friends. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. The guarantee is we're all going to work our asses off to make sure that that happens. Nothing's going to stop that from happening. Um, this women's division is going to be fantastic. When I get in that ring, you can rest assured I'm busting my ass to bring you the best thing that I possibly can. There's there's no, you know, nepotism and there's no lack of wants. Uh, I'm, I woke up this morning so excited and happy to finally have a singles match. Yeah. Like I've, I've this is like a huge match on for you cloud today. nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is we all share the excitement that the fans do mm. and um this is beautiful for all of us we're we're all in this together this okay. is a huge like wrestling family moment and it's it's gonna be great so everyone can just relax and enjoy go it. out there and have fun today yes thank you, you chris thank go you that's the most important thing. my mom is not here <laughs> when you <laughs> when you have fun that's where you really get into it and enjoy it. Yeah, you know I mean, and that's the beauty of it. Because I, 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 that's like for me too. One of the reasons after working for for Vince for almost twenty years, and saying to myself, I'm not going to work for anybody but Vince. That's cool. Did some stuff in New Japan. Realized there's a whole other world of creativity. And then to have this opportunity, it's really like I said, taking that one step off the off the building was hard. But it's exciting for me to start from scratch. Yeah, I would never have the opportunity to do this in WWE. Whereas like we're we're on our own here, guys. And I think from all of us, from merchandising to brand officer to producing the show to writing the show, we're all kind of learning together. Some yeah. of us have more experience than others, but it takes a while to gel as a company, but it's exciting uh, to be a part of it. And yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the things that like you understand it more and Cody understands it more and me and, and Dean Malenko and Moxley because we were there. Yes. Yes. And know how big of a machine it is. The other cats, like, I almost envy the Bucks and Kenny because <laughs> they don't know. So yeah. it's just like, oh, well, this is, sounds good to me. And it's like, but there's so many other details that we know. But you take the good and leave the bad. Right. But we're all, like you said, we're all in this together yeah. for better or for worse. Yeah. Everybody's unique experiences come together in a good way. And that's why it's very important, like you said. Some of us, it was so important that we did have that experience. That way we know what we want, what we don't want. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it is nice to have people who look at it with rose-colored glasses all the time because they're not jaded by any of that right. stuff. So it, it's it's a really nice balance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last question for you. What's your favorite match that you've ever had? Uh, oof. I think, so, okay, there's two. 
My favorite that uh, was on television was um, against Santana Garrett, and it was a knockouts knockdown match. It was my third match period. My first and second matches were abysmal. Like, and th- it was my first time wrestling like in front of a crowd ever. So of course they're terrible. Like no <laughs> yeah, doubt, yeah, cool. Yeah. But then that one, uh, they gave us sixteen minutes. Was it Impact on Impact? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your and third I- match ever. Sixteen minutes. That's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I think everybody thought it was just going to be terrible. Um, but Santana's a really good person to work with, and uh, I just really trusted her. I kept telling her, I don't think I can make it 16 minutes, <laughs> and she was like, you're going to be fine. And when when we got to, like, 14 minutes, I was like, wow, I can go. Like, I can keep going. This is great. And it wasn't the best match ever. Or, you know, I, I, it was my third match, so I probably, you know, there was didn't for you, have though. much emotion yeah. involved and stuff. But for me to get through it and, and be proud of it was wonderful. And then my favorite uh, since then was in um, Australia. I wrestled Shazza McKenzie. And uh, she's just really good. She's Australian? Or yeah. I've yeah. heard that name a lot. Yeah, yeah. She's Australian. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually worried to wrestle her because I know, uh, especially at this point in time, there are a lot of people who get scared to wrestle me because they're like, well... She's going to want to do what she wants to do. And uh, she's maybe going to be difficult. And I'm actually not difficult mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> I'm very, very much. You have to almost go out of your way to not be difficult. Because if you are, yeah. so, oh, she thinks she's the boss. Right, or whatever, yeah. right. But I actually can do a lot, mm-hmm. too. Like a lot of people, I think they're like, oh, maybe she won't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. want to do something through the table? I'll do it. Yeah, right. sure. Mm-hmm. As long as I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think she was very like happy to learn that everything she wanted to do, I wanted to do it. Because mm-hmm. she was like, are you OK with doing this off the top? Yeah, I am. If this is what you do, we're going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just really had fun. And I remember after that match, just seeing her face, I knew it was like, God, that was way better than I thought it was yeah, going to yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool. Yeah. The, the first match I ever had against The Undertaker, which is insane. It took us, took me nine years of being in the WWE before we ever had a match, a single oh, match. Oh, wow. And we had it. It was just awesome. I'll never forget walking back into Gorilla and he was sitting there with this look on his face, just like, yeah. And yeah. I was like, yes. That's the best feeling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, Brandy Thank Officer. You. You've got a big day today, and I appreciate yeah. you taking the time, and I'm excited to, uh, to watch you go have fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See Brandy Rose in the uh, Casino Royale Battle Royal. I guess it's the Casino Battle Royale at All Out Chicago tomorrow night. And the winner of the Battle Royal will get a shot at the Women's uh, Championship, the inaugural Women's Championship on August October 2nd, which, of course, is the debut of the AEW show on TNT. So it's a very, very big match. And don't forget, All Out streaming at 8 p.m. Eastern on the BR Live app. The buy-in pre-show starts at 7 p.m. And like I said, you can stream it on the BR Live app or you can buy it on traditional pay-per-view. Check your local listings. I'll see you in Chicago tomorrow. Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page for the very first uh, AEW champion. We'll see what happens. It's going to be really, really cool. It's also going to be really, really cool to be on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2 when we set sail in January. 20 cabins are left, and that's it. Once they're gone, they're gone. You can go on a standby list. But if you're thinking about going, don't wait. AEW is going to be there. Hangman Page, Chris Jericho, Brandy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, uh, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, MJF, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, the list goes on and on and on. Nyla Rose, uh, Penelope Ford. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com to get the full lineup so far. Private Party is going to be there, SCU. Also, Ric Flair, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest, the greatest of all time. And, of course, the NWO, Hall, Nash, X-Pac, Jake the Snake Roberts, Booker T, Charmel, MVP, Chavo Guerrero, uh, Vicky Guerrero, uh, the, the Shaw Guerrero, Gabriel Iglesias is going to be there. Fluffy is the host of the cruise. 
Jack Slade, Red Cup Jeff, Conrad Thompson. Fozzie's going to be playing uh, Nowhere to Run, of course, just coming out this week, hitting radio now, available on iTunes and Spotify and everything else in between. Farewell to Fear, Kickaxe, Killer Queens, Dave Spare Project, Jared James Nichols, et cetera, et cetera. AEW, be there, like I said, DDP, doing yoga, be on the darkness. Uh, book now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And come see Fozzie, the Unleashed in the West tour kicks off next week. September 5th, Denver at the Marquee Theater. September 6th, Colorado Springs at the Sunshine Theater. September 7th, Grand Junction at the Mesa Theater. And September 8th, Salt Lake City at the Royal. All gigs all the way up until September 28th in Atlanta at FozzyRock.com, including the big show with Iron Maiden September 14th at the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, come check us out and come check out Fozzie VIP. We play a special plugged-in show just for you. Five songs that you might hear later. You might not hear later, but it's a little intimate concert just for VIPs. So FozzyRock.com for all information there. And coming up on Wednesday, I'm doing a minute-by-minute, detail-by-detail, blow-by-blow account of All Out Chicago. Behind-the-scenes look, the kind of review you can only get from me, Chris Jericho. So we'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Don't forget All Out tomorrow night on BR Live and on pay-per-view. And if you're going to be there in Chicago at the Sears Center, we'll see you there. In the meantime, in the between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big, yeah, boy!